With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? I am with a story that lets you know that anything is fucking possible. Imagine going to Grand Valley State, getting drafted in the fifth round, coming immediately into the league and saying, I have arrived dominating, punching people in the mouth, sacking your favorite quarterback, and then going, oh, Bill Belichick would like to sign you to a long-term contract. That's what we got going on right now. Matthew Judon in the building. How you living? How you feeling, bro? Let's get it. Yes, sir, man. Hey, hey, I'll be repping the GB proudly. So thanks thank for putting that in the intro, man. That's well, can we talk about – so? so Grand Valley State, I just want to know – High school to college. How how did you end up there? How was that the place? Yeah, man, you know, high uh the college coaches was tripping. And so I, I didn't have that many sacks. <laughs> I didn't have that many sacks in uh high school. I think I had like five sacks my uh senior year. And I just didn't get I didn't get recruited heavily. Mm. And so off that, uh you know, Grand Valley. They reached out. I didn't have no D1 offers. So, you know, it was like, you know, like I'm in the backyard from four different D1 colleges in Michigan. I went to West Bloomfield. And so Michigan is like 30 minutes away. Michigan State is like 35 minutes away. Uh, Eastern, Western. Uh, so nothing. Man, no, nobody. nobody called. Nobody called. Nobody Were you a late called. grower? Like, did you have a, a growth spurt late, or what happened? Do you think? Nah, I was. You know, I grew an inch in college. I was six three to six four. You know, I probably when I graduated, I was probably six two. Yeah, and then grew two inches, but it wasn't. It wasn't like nothing like major. Right. And then you know, I, I always had a frame. I had long arms. I was athletic. I was fast. Well, I like to think I was fast, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and ask all them coaches for real. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, uh, you know, get that right with them coaches because uh, I was right there. I was right there, and I came out and uh, with Will Golston. He just won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, and uh, we was in the same class of ten, mm. and I went to Grand Valley. And then you go to Grand Valley, have a ton of success, and then still we get doubted again. Now, now we're going to the fifth round. You go to the Ravens. They drafted two other pass rushers in front of you. I know you met with the Patriots privately before that draft, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you were getting told, hey, if you're available, we're going to take you. Hey, if, we're, if you're available, we're going to take you. Second, third, fourth, fifth round. At that point, were you like, I got an opportunity, or were you like, oh, these motherfuckers are doubting me again? I was mad. I was mad. I was, I was pissed off, honestly. And it and it's not because I don't care. Like, you know, I'm a hater and I'm like, oh, I'm just better than everybody. I'm like, you know, like, what else could I do? I didn't, I couldn't 
go to a, a major school, you know, because nobody, you know, I send my transcripts and my resumes. I did all I could. Oh, you were and, trying you know, to transfer while at Grand Valley. Uh, well, you know, so it was, uh, it was my, it was my second year. So I redshirted and then I played my redshirt freshman mm-hmm. year. Then I had the opportunity to transfer to Clemson. And I was like, man, I don't know. That'd be, it would, it would have been crazy. It would have been yeah. crazy. I, and I could have played right away because if you transfer up, you can play. Jeez. And so, and then I, I just, I just decided to stay at Grand Valley. I, I was, I, I can say I was a little scared, but I wasn't scared of the competition. I, I was scared of the unknown, you know, uh, my whole if family you go there is and Michigan. they bury you in the back. You know what I mean? Like you're getting time at Grand Valley. You don't know if they're going to play you at Clemson. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I, and then like at that, at that time, like all the ends, all the pass rushers was coming out of Clemson. Mm. And so I had, uh, I talked to a couple coaches there. Oh, so this is like, it's like Vic Beasley and stuff, or is this before that? No, this uh, this was like after that. Like he was uh, he was still there. He was still there. Yeah, they were so. And so I had I had that opportunity, but I didn't jump on it. But then forward, fast forward to the uh, draft, you know, and I'm looking and I'm like, all right, I had a draft party. I had a draft party on the first first night, the first night, you know, and I'm like, and I'm. I tell everybody like I'm gonna have a draft party right now because I'm not stressed out because I'm not going first round. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going first round. So like I don't have to like worry about my phone. We can like really enjoy it and you know all my people around. And then like and then so when I actually do get the call, you know I just want it private. You know my my girlfriend at the time and my daughter. Uh, they was with me. Uh, my high school coach was with me, and then just my family. I got I got uh, nine brothers and sisters, so we was just all wow. packed in the house. And so, where, where are you and the nine brothers and sisters? I'm the six. Okay, yeah, so I'm the six. You're on the back but, end. Uh, so we were packed in the house, and we was all we was all just chilling. And uh, and you know, the day of the second and third round. I get a couple calls from a couple teams, like, you know, just making sure this is your number and uh make sure you're around your num uh phone and what stuff. A tease. Huh? What a tease. Man. Oh my God. Leave me alone. You know this is my number. What are you checking for? Get yeah, out. That's what, that's what you I'm can saying. Get my card and not call me, bro. That's what I'm saying. So that like, and so, and so, you know, I'm telling. I'm telling Brienne, which is my wife now, but she was my girlfriend yeah. at the time. I'm telling like, yeah, like I'm happy. I'm happy as heck. Like, man, we might go second round. That'd be crazy. That'd, that'd be crazy. Second or third round. Uh, second day guy, man. Like, we'll be set up. And yeah. then, bro, I watched the second and third round. Like, my phone on my lap. That's a six-hour night. It's, man, it's, and then, and then, like, after that, like, you know, you just keep seeing player after player after player, and you're like, bro, mm. stop it. 
Stop it. And, and are and, they, because I know you went to like East West Shrine. Are these players that you had competed against, seen on TV, worked out with? Because that's what I'm always fascinated by is like, if you've seen a dude on the field and you know you're better than them, that's when it stings. That's what, that's what it is. And, and I, the knock on me, the knock on me, I, I had torn my ACL in college. And so, you know, I didn't go to like the big doctors. And then I didn't go to the big school. So that was the knock. It was like, well, we don't know if he's going to stay healthy mm. or, and, you know, we don't know if he can compete against his competition. So that's why I was like, but the crazy thing is at the combine, <clears throat> at the combine, like all my numbers was top five. Yeah, they were. I was just looking at it. 40, all, everything. All my numbers. And, and I ran I ran slower than I ever would have because I had surgery wow. two months before we was running. And like a month and a half before we ran, I, was, I wasn't even walking. But I went, I went to the combine and I had to run. And then, you know, I put up bench press. I put 30 up. And then the shut, then all that other stuff. And then it was, man, it was, it's crazy because, because you know what you can do. So, I mean, as long I was, I was, I'm confident in myself. My mama would never, she always told me like, don't tell me what somebody else can do. Tell me what you can do. Because I come home, I'd be like, man, we got this dude on our basketball team. He called, like, he, he can use his left hand. This one, I was, we was young. Just like, don't tell me what he can do. Tell me what you can do. And I was like, all right, like, I'm just saying he, he good at basketball. But, like, she'll, she'll get real mad. And so, um, and so, like, I just knew what I could do or help, and help teams. And then I, I was so happy when I got the call, but I was so ready to work mm. that, you know, like – all my family and stuff, they jumping and yelling around, yelling. And I was just like, man, let's get to work. So you go to mini camp, training camp, and you go to a Ravens team that has T-Suggs, Doomerville on the roster, a freak of nature like Brandon Williams in the middle, which I'm sure you had never played alongside before. And so I'm sure you called your mom and you were like, these guys, what was what? And she was like, focus on yourself. But like to, to go into a locker room with some guys with so many numbers in the league and so much accomplished, what, what was your first impression of that? Uh, honestly, my first impression was Steve Smith. All of, all those dudes you just named, first impression, you come in the locker room, Steve Smith called. Wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver. Steve Smith called. Steve Smith's talking to all the rookies. He don't care if you're a first round draft pick or the last man that got signed. And he, and he, I don't know how he did it. I still don't know these numbers, but Steve Smith was like, and every draft is, uh, I'm just making up numbers, but he yeah. like, every draft is 362 people drafted. Then it's 400 other people signed. And then it's this many people. And I didn't have my job for 15 years. You gotta come in and make plays every day. And I and, and we were young. We like, man, Steve, ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. Like, damn, we just got here. You 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 trying to get us in out the league already. And so 
And so, but like Steve, was, he 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 was just like in part the way he was doing it. We didn't want to hear it, but he was just laying wisdom on us. And then we, I also came in the locker room with uh, Ben Watson. Mm. Ben Watson was there too. What a leader he is. Yeah, and and uh, Sis wasn't there yet. Sis and Doom wasn't there yet because I believe both of them got injured. And gotcha. so both the year before I was drafted, so both of them was was away. You know, Doom yeah. had that fax thing too, which was yeah crazy. And so and so they was they was getting healthy on their own. And so when all the rookies came in, they wasn't there yet. And so uh, we we was doing our thing. And, you know, we drafted uh, KC out of Boise. Correa and, uh, and Kafusi. Yeah, and then so they uh, they uh, put him against Ronnie all the time because that was our first and second draft pick. Yeah. And so they was going against each other all the time. And then it's like it, – it's so much stuff. It's like, all right, learn a playbook, do this, do that, do this, fine. And it, it's like it, it's like crazy because you – all right, you leave you leave your mom's house and go to college, and they're like, all right, here's the house, and here's where everything is. This is only, you know, uh, a mile walk away from the campus. This is where everybody uses live. And then you get to the NFL, they're like, bro, you don't got a car? Or, like, find your own housing. Yeah. And they're like, we can help you find housing, but you might not want that housing and stuff. And so – so then you and by the way, learn this by tomorrow while you're also looking for a house. Hey, learn it by tomorrow. And then and then you gotta you gotta figure out if you want to bring your family up. And I was a fifth round draft pick, and you know, Steve had me shook. He was like, I was I was thinking like, bro, I can get cut tomorrow or trade it. So I was like, Brian, I really don't want you to like come up here because you got the baby, and then if I got if I get traded or if I get cut, like we just back on our butt and we gotta move back to we gotta move everything back to Michigan. So it's a lot of stuff you got that that is thrown at you. And and that's why that's why so many people can't handle it. It's a lot of people that get in this league that don't have a bigger picture mindset, but then can focus on the things they need to focus on. And get the stuff they need to get done, uh, done in a mat in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, how did and, you keep the main thing the main thing? How did you process all of that? Well, uh, well, see, I kept the main thing the main thing because main thing was always football. If if I don't produce, none of this matters. Yeah, nothing else matters. No, it doesn't matter if I have a car if I'm not, you know, because I'm just gonna be driving that car back to Michigan. Yeah. You know, I'm packing all my stuff back up. It doesn't matter if I have a bed or not because if I don't make some plays, I'm gonna have to take that bed with me back to Michigan, and so and so that's that's what I focus on. So I focus on learning the playbook, uh, learning the lingo. Every every team has their own lingo. Uh, learning the lingo and then uh, then making plays. And I felt like as long as I could do that, it didn't matter. You know you know, what a veteran said or what somebody in my class said or what they did. And then that's how I became a player I am. 
it was probably a huge benefit for for Suggs and Doomerville not to be there just for reps, just for you guys to keep getting out there. How how quickly was there a moment of play? Was it against Stanley? Was it against somebody else where you were like, oh, I got one? And the coaching staff, you know, replayed it in, in the in the D the D. It was it was during a preseason game. So like, you know, during uh during camp and during training camp, and we actually you know, they'll kind of skip over our reps and then they they just show the they just show the older guys' reps and stuff. But uh during the preseason games, it's all our reps. Like Yeah, you're gonna play all, like the whole second half or on that third game or the fourth game, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Uh the we played the fourth game against the Saints and uh in my rookie year. The Saints played Drew Brees. Mark Ingram, they 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 played uh they played their whole starting line. Mike Thomas was out there, and we didn't play nobody. It was it, it was all rookies. It was all rookies, and they played them for two drives. They only got three points. Wow. Yeah. They, so I mean, you know, I, they they didn't have a whole playbook and stuff. But do you think do you think there was one play that really caught the coaching staff's attention? Oh, the, uh, it was it was first it was my first preseason game versus uh, the Colts. I had I don't know who it was who the quarterback was, but I lit him up. I lit him up, and then I think I think it from there I had uh I think I had like four four or five sacks in in a preseason. And then, then, you know, they was like, yeah, we got one. We got one. Yeah, yeah, and, so, yeah. and so I think I think that's what it, where they said, okay, this dude can actually play football. He can play in the sleep. And so then as you've made the main thing the main thing and it's starting to click, when did you invite the girlfriend and go, I think I'm good here? Like, when did you go, okay, let's actually settle down? Oh, it was it was like the around the ninth game of the season, the regular season. Jeez, wow. Yeah, yeah. So you're out there by yourself, just like nothing else, blinders on. Nine yeah, wow. yeah. So it was it was that, and then, but you know, like I I was balling during the preseason. I had sacks, sack fumbles, fumble recoveries, everything. Uh, first. Regular season game, I got like three plays. I played like three plays, and I was like, "Bruh, how's this happening? Y'all just y'all just seen? You know what I'm capable of? Exactly." And I was and I was like, "I was like, what?" And and you know, I'm like, "We all in the same draft class. Ronnie's starting, and I can't get no no clock." That's that first round, man. I can't, I can't play at all. Yeah. And, and you know, like, uh, unfortunately, Bronson had broke his uh, – he had got injured in camp. And then so KC was out there playing, and and I'm dressed. It's not like I was in a, a travel suit. I'm dressed, and I'm not getting no clock at all. And all I'm doing is playing special teams. And I'm like, man, this ain't what I – this ain't what I signed up for. I'm going to be an all-star. I'm going to be a pro bowler off four plays and special team. Yeah. And so, and so uh, you know, and then Doom came back. Doom came back around like the third game. 
But you know, we went three and up, and I was I was dressed for all those games. And so we went three and up. I was dressed for all those games. Doom came back the fourth game. We lost four straight. We lost four straight games. Mm. And I was like, put me in the jersey. Put hey, put me in coach. You, like, you had a really good. You had a really good plus minus, like NBA <laughs> plus minus. Like when you dress three and zero, when you don't dress zero and four. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, I was up three. I, you know, I don't even, I don't even count those L's as my L's because I couldn't do nothing. It doesn't count. Doesn't count. You, you right? I could have at least blocked a punt or something. So then, when did they start playing you? What was the reason? Uh, Doom had re-aggravated something, so he he had got out, and then uh, stay ready. And then I caught a couple sacks. I caught a couple sacks. I had I had a sack. The uh, Steelers was driving on us. I had a sack against them. I had missed a sack against the Browns against uh, Joe Thomas. Mm. But I had worked him over though. It, and and yeah, Josh McCown. The just rep had, was on film. The result wasn't exactly. Exactly. No. No. We got the sack. Uh, okay. Brent, yeah, Brent Urban cleaned it up. Oh, you like flushed him over to Brent. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Brent Urban cleaned him up. Oh, cleaned him up. And then uh, I think I had got another sack against the uh, Dolphins, and then something else, uh, another one. But I was out there win- winning reps, like mm. like in an actual game, winning rushes. So then they they had to like kind of start playing me a little more. Were you like, cause since you had like nine weeks of pent up, like, come on, man, when it started happening, I don't know. I don't know you. Like, I don't know if you're a shit talker. I don't know if you were humble with it. Were you like, Hey, thanks for the opportunity. Or you were like, it's about fucking time. Oh, and then, see, I don't, I don't really even like talk to our coaches and stuff gotcha. like that. Just because, you know, that's, that might be problematic, but I was talking shit to the other teams. I'll be at <laughs> Well, I, I know people. I know people don't like playing against me. I know it. Are you are you a deep research trash talker, or are you just letting them know you can't guard me and you're screwed every time I'm out? Here? Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying, like, hey, bro, this not even for you. Like, uh, you and, should quit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, man. Like, especially versus tight ends because tight ends got a block and stuff but but they love doing like the chip block and all that they love the motion and, and doing all that weak shit but when they got lined up head to head oh man punish it's it's one of the most confusing it, there's a few things that i'm always confused with by the nfl why don't you put wide receivers in motion every play just to see what kind of defense that you're going against but my main one Number two, running backs deserve their own salary cap because it's ridiculous. Like they just get treated like shit. And then my third one is why would you ever block somebody like Matt Judon straight out with a tight end? If, uh, unless it's Kelsey or Kittle, and even then that's not really fair. Why? Like just because you drew a little line on the board doesn't mean it's going to work. It's not going to work. Hey, I just don't uh, but that, that's, that's what, that's what offensive. Could- it's scheme. It's they be like, okay, this is how we can scheme it up, and this is how we can get. So it'd be easier if you just can block the offense, the the defensive end with a tight end, and then you yeah, can double team everybody else. You can like, double team on. everybody else, and then so you can always double team a guy like Aaron Donald. But 
you but then that end better go to work. That end better like have to go to Yeah, exactly. Robert Quinn got to go to work. That's, um, that's what I'm saying. Was there ever an opposing player or coach early on that was like, I see you on film? Like, did you ever get that uh, compliment from the op- opposition? Well, yeah. So uh, during the draft process, I had like I had like 20 visits with teams. Jeez. And so like every time I would go and play those teams and check them off, the people I actually like, visit with, I actually talk to them before the game and stuff, and, and they get my compliments and stuff. And I'd be like, man, you should have drafted me early. Like, you know, uh, and then uh, two years ago, we went to uh, we went to Philly. We went to Philly, and then I was talking with they they defensive line uh, coach and they uh, they defensive coordinator, and I was like, bro, we wanted you. But our, our uh, and this was this what hurt the most. He was like, man, we wanted to draft you in a second round, but our uh, our uh, our trainer said your body wouldn't hold up. I was like, wow. I know, I know. I was like, bro, you know, I, mean? I, I was like, I haven't missed a game in the NFL due to injury. And so, isn't that wild? Isn't it wild that something that, you know, because they want to poke and prod and they want to like find it. And then it, I mean, that's like some Drew Brees, Miami Dolphins shit where like he goes down there and they're like, we don't think the shoulder is going to hold up. Let's sign Dante Culpepper. And it's <laughs> like, you need to fire that doctor. You need to fire him. Got to fire yeah, him. He needs to go. Got to fire him. He, he, he lost you money. He lost you money. He lost. He lost. You know game. what's fucked up? I looked it up. Eagles didn't even have a second round pick in that draft. They traded See? to go up and get Carson Wentz. Bunch of liars. Damn. Well, wait. They tra- they traded then, didn't they? Uh, no. I because th- they had to give up a lot of picks because they were they were like in the middle of the round and they went up to go get Carson Wentz. Um, and then they drafted Isaac Samalo in the third round, who you've probably lit up. Who was that? He's still there, left guard. Uh, he's got like he's got one of those offensive linemen with like the big puffy. I think he's like <clears throat> or, or something. The Eagles have like one of the most massive offensive line. So I am an Eagles fan, so that's why I know about him a lot. But it's part of the reason why. So the Eagles let up the most sacks in the NFL last year. They let up sixty-five. Second worst was fifty. So that's how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I didn't say Brandon, it was good, but there. Brandon, Brandon Brooks was out. He missed the whole season. The left tackle they took in the first round, Andre Dillard, he was out. Lane Johnson missed six games. It's it's like one of those things where people forget about injuries in the off season, and they just forget. They just assume that everybody was there, and it's like. No, listen, guys, like the Ravens offensive line was missing Ronnie Stanley for half the year. And as soon as that happened, it changes the entire team. Changes the entire team. If it's 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 harder when an interior guy goes down. You know, uh, but when a guy like Ronnie never heard that. Huh? I've never heard that before. I always thought well, the left tackle was the most important position. Well, uh, so you can you can almost kind of put anybody at right tackle and hope hopefully they hold up and might make your right tackle go to left tackle and hope he hold up. Orlando Brown, yeah, exactly. But 
But uh, but then when you then when you take like the center out, yeah, because you guys lost Skura, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it was Skura. We lost Skura last year. Oh yeah. Uh, but if you take a center or a guard out and try to make them because they've been hearing the lingo for so long, and so like you know, right a right zone. They've been hearing right zone, and now they at the left tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, left guard. It just switched stuff up, and then you don't ever want to mess up the quarterback exchange. Like you want the quarterback to get the ball all the time. So when your center go down, Ugh. and you gotta throw in the new center. That's why you 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 rep you rep all of it during practice and stuff. You rep all that stuff, but when that pressure on, it's not like that pressure. Mm. So, you, to how validating was uh, the Pro Bowl nods to to have the journey where it was like, man, I'm I know what I got. I don't get the recognition to make a team that says you're a top four player at your position. What what, what was that like to get? Because I saw on your Instagram, you know, it, it came in the mail. That was last year, but like the first Pro Bowl, what was that like? So. uh it was it, it was nothing like that because I understand, you know, the, the fans don't really understand what I do, and and I don't get I don't I don't get that I don't get that kind of love, but knowing that the opposing coaches and opposing players that I play understand what I mean to what I meant to a team, yeah. and especially to our team, and we was we was one of the best defense in the league. Uh, at the time, and uh, and what we was doing, and the, uh, the problems that people was having blocking us, and uh, so just just to get that recognition meant meant like the world, you know. I, I played a game, you know, to be the best, and you know it's unfortunate that I don't get to rush as many times as I want, but it. I, we we cause so much trouble and so much havoc just by moving around and dropping in, in different positions that you know that that meant the world and uh and when I got the call when I got the news I was so like I was so happy I was so happy and like you know I, I was calling everybody I knew to tell them and I won't you know I because we kind of get the news before uh it gets put out. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't want like my my close family and friends to find out, you know, through Twitter or Instagram and stuff. So I was calling everybody and I was telling them to be quiet. But I, I had that moment to just like, you know, like, damn, like this is what you play the game for. It's you're like almost like one of those MCs where it's like I'm your artist's favorite artist. Like I'm I'm deep in the game and the real ones know and I'm not here buying streams. Like exactly. I'm I'm real. Like that's exactly. what it's exactly. So like you know when it it's 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 tough to get that recognition unless like especially especially because you know I didn't come in with like four hundred. I mean uh you know. 40,000 followers already from my college that, no way. you know, you know, my state, the stadium seat, almost 75,000 players. Like, you know, it was, it was probably like 13,000 max at, at a lover stadium. Wow. 
And so, man, just just to know that just the, the my peers and and the coaches understand what I mean to a team, man, that's that's all the love I need. When um, you guys had some battles with the Patriots, and that's the, one of the things that I always loved about the Ravens was that there was no fear. You know, a lot of teams had fear. The Ravens never had fear. Did Belichick ever say anything to you after a game? I don't know. He said nothing to the coach. I, I, I don't know. He said anything to you. No, nah, he ain't, he ain't never say nothing to me. I'm saying he, he don't say much. So I don't even know if he talked to Harbaugh after the game. So right, that's, right. that's how quick he be off the field. And so, uh, you know, and I don't think he would ever say anything to like a, a player or nothing like that. But uh, it was a, uh, you know, you see on the wire, the wire one that one time, and uh, he was talking to Chad, and he was just like, "Shut the f up and play the game." And I just feel like that's the type oh, of person. That was he so is. good. That was so good. Yeah. Um, and then so how? What was the free agent process for you? Like you're a free agent, which is like, and you're coming off like a Pro Bowl season, and now you got good stuff on tape. You're getting recognition. Did you kind of go to your agent and said, I want to, I want to be wooed. You know, I haven't had, like, how did you approach it? Uh, I, I just told him I wanted to be in a good situation. I don't, I didn't want to go to a, I didn't want to go to a team and just lose games, uh, especially because that's not where I'm, I'm always coming from. And then I told him like, you know, I, I love to be back with the Ravens. You know, it is behind closed doors and stuff. I told yeah. them I'd love to be back with the Ravens if if it could be possible. And so, uh, but uh, we couldn't make that happen. And so, uh, you know, then I became a free agent. And then uh, it was like, all right, like, just let's see the best deals, best offers, and best places to win games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, winning games turns to – you know, winning conference championships and playoff games to Super Bowls, and so I want I want to compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I want I want I want that I want that stress, I want that pressure, and you know, I I want that celebration. And and so um, and those that, bonus and those bonus checks that come with that too, man. I, I mean, I when you when you hit your second deal. Uh, most of the times you're going to be rich enough to, you know, do whatever you want for the rest of your life. And so it, it, money, money wasn't never to play. I wanted the most money I could get. I'm not going to lie, but uh, money was never to play. It wasn't ever like, it, it wasn't like I needed money. I just came off, you know, making 16, eight uh, for the franchise tag. Right. And so, right. Yeah, so I got I got franchise tag. So now it's like, all right, let's uh let's let's try to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you know, I got money. I can say I won a Super Bowl. I've been in, in two Pro Bowls, and you know, it's just accomplishments I want to have. Did you come up with a list, or were you like, let's see who shows interest, and then I'll pick the winningest opportunity of that? Uh, it 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 was. I could have picked the whole NFL, honestly. I could have. Really? That's you know, dope. What a good feeling that is. I'm drafting you now, motherfucker. Yeah. So it it well, yeah, but but then if like they don't if they don't got the cap or they don't got the money, or you know, I could have said I want wanted to go to the Bucks, 
but they, they already had PP. Yeah, it, it wouldn't make sense. So yeah. it was uh all right. Let's pick a spot that makes sense for me. Uh, that I, I can come in there and play. I can come in there and make an impact, and that you know I we we can win the Super Bowl. And I felt like the Patriots out of the teams that called me that day, the Patriots was the best team. And it just turns out they had the best offer. It wasn't that they was the best offer and that's what I went with. It just turns out that they had money that they was willing to spend and that they wisely spent on a lot of players that day. I mean, I know that I was shocked because that's not something Bill normally does, but the free agent class that you're joining uh, defensively, you Montrevious Adams, David, Devon Godshaw, Henry Anderson from the Jets, Kyle Van Noy comes back, Raquan McMillan from the Raiders. You get Jalen Mills from the Eagles. Offensively, the two top tight ends in the free agency market, Hunter Henry, uh, Janu Smith. You get an offensive lineman. Trent Brown comes back. Now, it, it was a whirlwind that we had never seen before to be one of the premier names on that and to look around and go, Oh, they're making a run right now. What was it like to experience all of that? Uh, you just knowing that, just knowing that franchise, you know, what you, they knew what they needed to do. Mm. They knew what they was lacking. They looked at all their games and they said, this is how we're going to make a change. And then they made that. Yeah. They, they made that. They made that in free agency. And people they forget did. too, like they had a lot of opt-outs, like Dante Hightower. And now they're coming. That's like free, that's like free agents as well. Yeah. So so they did it. They did that in a draft. They did that in free agency. And you know, we gonna we gonna see how it turns out. Uh, you know, you you can't you can't win a Super Bowl on paper. Mm-mm. We got we got all we got all jail. We got all mixed well with each other, and then I just need to go in there and do my job. Yeah. And then as simple as that, if I do my job and the other ten players on the team do their job or on the field, excuse me, do their job, and we let the special teams do their job and we let the offense do their job, uh, we can win a lot of games. But if if we all not prepared and we all not on one accord, you know, yeah. we can go in there and lose to anybody. How did you go from, man, I really hate the Patriots to, oh shit, I'm on the Patriots now. Cause you only knew one team beforehand. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the type, it's the type thing. Like, you know, I'm always have love for them players in the locker room and uh, for the Ravens. And I still talk to those people. Uh, you know, like I, I actually still kind of work out with them still, right? And, you know, and and no love will ever be lost there. Uh, but we all understand the business. Mm-hmm. We all understand, you know, you're not gonna be on the same team forever. And so, between and those sixty minutes of football, it's fun. But after, but after that, like they my dogs. I'm never, I'm never going to, you know, say nothing bad about none of them because, uh, because those are the memories that we had. Those are times we shared in that, in that locker room and and going, growing close with one another. But then at this point, it's like, you know, now I'm making 
new relationships and, and building, you know, new friendships. Yeah, has it uh, started already? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I, I was back in the game. You know, I was a bachelor. You know, now I got picked up by the, you know, <laughs> by the, you know, girl next door. So, uh, so it, it, it's not like, it's not like I gotta, I gotta like, be like, oh, now I gotta love the Patriots and fall and fall in love with the to the day tradition. But you know, that's what that's who I work for now. Yeah, and that's who I'm gonna go to bat for. Is if you say something bad about the Patriots, you're saying something bad about me. And so you know, that's that's who that's that's just my uh my mental on that, and that's how I'm gonna go uh go about it. Any bill conversations yet? Have you got to talk to the big man? You, I talk. I talked to him for a little bit when I went up there and signed. Yeah. Uh, just, just because uh, of the COVID stuff and stuff, I'm still back in Maryland right now, and so uh, I want, uh, my daughter's about to finish finish out school up here. Uh, and then we gonna we gonna pack everything up and we gonna move up there, and then uh, I'm pretty sure we are gonna have a lot more conversation. Pretty dope to think about the journey and how before you told your family, don't move here because we don't know yet. And now it's like, let's let my daughter finish school and we're all going and we're not worried about it at all. I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool experience, man. Exactly. It was, uh, I, the, the one thing I really look back at and be like, man, it, it, my life has changed so much. It's when I have to move. When I have to move, I don't pack nothing. I don't touch <laughs> nothing. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just gonna meet y'all at the other house. So that's that's how I know that my life has changed so much because before you were going to Home Depot, getting the boxes and the man tank. getting the boxes, my back hurt for two days afterwards because I gotta carry all the heavy stuff. And it's not like it's not like we got the dollies or nothing or the smart straps and you stuff. You just gotta call big friends. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's me, it's me and my four friends, and we moving everything, scratching walls and stuff. We don't got the little max to put down or worst part about moving is when you've been doing it for a while and you think you're done and you get to the drawers that have like random shit in it, and you're just Man. like, fuck these pencils. These pencils, I'm throwing them away. I'm telling you, when you when you get the moving, you you be like, man, do I really need it? Yeah, I don't even need this. It, it ain't. I start throwing away like gifts. I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like man, no, but nobody even sit in these, this chair, man. Just leave that shit here. We leave it for the next, leave it for the next family. And I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of people start to do that. They like. Yeah, we'll we'll sell you the furniture too. Like, man, man, get your ma'am, get your furniture up off this house. <laughs> we do not need the but we don't need that bureau. Um, do you ever have a moment now? Patriots have their draft, uh, bringing in some young players where you get tempted to do the Steve Smith speech where where they come in and you're like, you know what, let me make this a tradition. Let me tell these young kids how they are in trouble already. Or do you, it, what, what's your mindset now with the rookies? I do it differently. Uh, I bring everybody along. And I don't care if you're an undrafted free agent or if you're uh, a first-round pick. Like, if you want to work, 
I can I can get you some workouts. I can get you a suits. I can get you this. I can get you that. Mm. I've been in this game for a little bit. Let me teach you how to. Let me teach you how to maneuver around this game. Yeah. These these are some do's. These are some don'ts. Um, but at the end of the day, everything is what you want to do and what you want to make of it. Any and don'ts? It, and, any don'ts that like random ass people like me would be surprised by? Uh, hey, any don'ts that uh, not like bringing your cell phone to the meeting is like one of the worst things you can do. Interesting. I've never heard that. Man, it's it's one of the worst things you can do because because nothing good can come from it. Because you honestly, like we had, you have so many alerts on your phone. You don't know if everything's silent, and even when your phone on silent, you still get some random ass noises. And so I just think don't bring up. And then you like we are we are addicted to our phones and and electronics. So like you, you would get you would be in there, you'd be like, damn, what's Shorty say? And you'd be in a whole meeting and you'd be under the desk like, and then you might not get caught. But if you do, Dennis. What was the worst timed notification cell phone ring that you witnessed in a meeting? Uh like was there a coach that was like, I'm tired, I'm fed up, and then it's like and you're like, oh my! Ah, uh, nah. <laughs> it, nah, it. Uh, so we we had a, a coach Rock, uh, Coach Rossberg okay. was our special teams coach, and they it, always are fired up. Special teams, coach. and man, I'm telling you, he. Uh, it was one time somebody had, bro. He hated eating in a meeting. He hated eating in a meeting. It was one time somebody was coming in. You, you know, his meeting started at like 7.15. He coming in with a little piece of sandwich about to, like, about to finish it. Bro, he got chewed out so bad. And I'm like, I'm like, it ain't, it ain't even that serious. It is not, it's not even, even that 7.20. Serious, and we're yelling at the last bite of a sandwich. Yeah, bro, it's early in the morning but but coach rosberg used to get there heck of early he used to go out and he'll he'll watch like the sunrise and stuff and he just like <laughs> because hey <it's, laughs> he's like man we're just so blessed and we're hey, just to be in it but he a he a dog cuss you out dog up real cuss quick. you he a dog cussing wild, and then he was like, "Man, I just I love you, God. I love you, man. Hey, man, something wrong with it. Something wrong with it." The more stories I hear about coaches, it's like a combination between like a drill sergeant and a bouncer at a club, where you're like, you don't need to be acting like this. You don't need to turn into major pain like at the drop of a hat. It's unnecessary. Yeah, man. And- but but that's how like that's how they all grew up though. Mm. That that's how they all grew up. Like think about it. Like I, who is the young I, before before the coaches that's like now thirty in the league. I think like, the McVay youngest coach is that. Mike Tomlin. 
And he ain't even, dude, he's older than you think. He just looks young because we know but, why. But I'm, but like before the uh, Kingsbury he's got and, uh, swag. Yeah. But, oh, Tomlin's 49. He's actually younger than I thought he that's was. That's what I'm saying. I think he's the youngest of the oldest coaches. All right. Let's see. All right. Youngest NFL coaches. McVay's the youngest, 34. Yeah. Zach Taylor of the Bengals is next at 37. Right. Kevin Stefanski and Arthur Smith, who's now the coach of the Falcons, are both 38. Arthur Smith looks older than 38. That dude looks <laughs> weathered. He looks like me, which is not a good thing. Flores is 39. That's my guy. I love Brian Flores. Brian Flores uh, for the Jets? For the Dolphins. Dolphins, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is Belichick? What's your guess? Belichick, 58. All right. 61, 58, 61. Hold on. I typed in oldest because I definitely. Okay, so Belichick, you said he was how old? 58. That man is 69. He's 69? Nice. 69. He's the second oldest coach in the NFL. Who the oldest? Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. That man apparently will be 71 in September. Yeah, that's crazy. Pete Carroll will live forever, all that damn gum. He chewing. Yeah, what do you think he's got in that gum that's keeping him young? Man, he'd be happy as hell, too. I mean, not during games, but after the game and stuff, happy. You know how old John Harbaugh is? He's the ninth oldest coach in the NFL. You got a guess on his age? Harbaugh, like, uh, 56, ain't he? 59. Well, he'll be 59 in September. 59. She, this well, dude's about- old as hell. Bill is old. Bill, but that's what I'm saying. That, that's what they grew up off of. They like, they like military babies. Oh, he was of. like, like the only thing Bill Belichick loves more than football is the Naval Academy. Like that is his shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm straight. <laughs> and, and and then that's how they that's how they run it. But then you know, like. Like the oldest dude in the league, or like nine punter and stuff, you know, like they'd be like 34, 35. Well, other than Brady, but Brady's like, Brady acts, he feels like 28. Like just he does the coolness. You disagree? No, I mean, yeah, true. Besides when he threw that, when he threw that BF about the numbers. Oh, Uh, yeah. You didn't like, yeah. He, he really didn't like, I mean, that's the changing. Yeah, because he's so old. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like old people didn't like that. Old people don't like change in general. Exactly. So he like, well, I, I knew that all the safeties had to be between this number and this number, and all the linebackers had to be between this number and this number. So now, now I'm going to have no clue when they bring dime or nickel or switch up personnel. Yeah, he wants to be able to process it. Exactly. He wanted to process immediately. Oh, like, oh, they taking 48 out and putting 31 in. Okay, oh, so they're doing a linebacker for a safety. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think that's what like he, he do you think like. defensive players like this more than offensive players? Yeah, because defense players don't care. You either tight end running back wide receiver, you still can get the ball, get your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But defense now, now you guys can mix it up and mess up these dudes. Exactly. 
Exactly. Like you. Could you have changed your number? What up? What? Yeah. Well, what is your number going to be? Uh, man, it's going to be number nine. Number nine. Oh yeah. my God. How excited are you for a single Go digit? Back to the college day. Oh. Dude, like, so this is something that I'll never know. What is in your mind the meaning of a jersey number? Like, why is it so important to you guys? Uh, I don't know, honestly. It, 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 it like just, superpowers when you look at it? Because, like, you were very excited that you're going to number nine. No, I think, uh, you know, you just you, you, you fall in love with a number. So you were Falling 99 in Baltimore, and now you're going to chop one off and go to nine. So you, so one you always love the number nine. Yeah, I've always been a nine, baby. Turn the six upside down is a nine now. Let's go. Mm. On my drizzy. So wait, so. why? What, what about nine have you always loved? Uh, dang, I don't, like, I, I don't know. I got nine brothers and sisters. I got, I got. Yeah, I got like little dice on my chest. They both equal nine. It's over here, over here. Wow. Um, I don't know. I just always like nine as a number. It was, it was, it was nine, fifteen, and thirty-four. I was trying to like see if like fifteen plus thirty-four equals nine, and it doesn't. Hmm. It does. It is the number of completion. Okay, so I'm going to be rocking at number nine. Oh, it's going to piss Brady off when he has to, because you guys are facing uh, the Bucks this year. That's what I'm saying. He, he not going to know. I'm going to line up at safety. <laughs> he, he ain't going to have no clue. He'll be like, damn, that's the biggest safety I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Judon, pleasure talking to you. Anything else that you want to want to get off your chest right now before we go? Anything that's been interesting you uh, outside the lines, even outside the lines? All right. Uh, if you know Lil Wayne, tell him tell him I'm looking to have a sit down with him. Interesting. What would be your big question for Lil Wayne? The big question? I've got no questions. I just want to meet Lil Wayne. Mm. What would you talk to him about? What would you want to What would you want to tell him? Shit, I don't have no clue. Probably his music. I mean, that's that's my favorite artist of all time. So you so. and Kyle Shanahan, big fans of Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lil Wayne, you know what? Like, cause when when Shaq and I talk about rap, he always gives his top five, and he always puts Lil Wayne in there. I know that you're like you were born in Louisiana too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a little bit of connection there. If I were to meet Lil Wayne. I would just want to see the speed of his brain because there are very few rappers that I think have true world defining talent. Like we've heard the stories of Jay-Z. He doesn't write it down. He goes in the booth. You see interviews with like Timbaland and he's like, it's magic. What happens? Lil Wayne is like that too, where you're like, how do you know all these words? How do you string it together? And he just like kind of skips. I would just, I wouldn't want to be like rap for me because that's ridiculous, but I would want to be like, I would start just to get him going. You know what I mean? Just to see yeah. the brain. Yeah. So, I mean, besides that, I'm trying to get into the music game. Like, dang, I need it. Do you have and talent? it's not even like I have any musical talent. That's the problem. 
I have no musical talent at all. You just want to be in the put, recording studio when it's going down. Bro, I can't put I can't put words together that sound well. Can you play like a triangle? You got any like instrument talent? Probably not well. <laughs> you just love music. Yeah. Bro, uh, I, I love music. I love music. And so uh that and then you know, I'm getting I'm trying to get my little karaoke night off the ground. So if I if, if I can do a, like a worldwide karaoke tour, if you can hook that up for me. Well, okay, there's the famous Randy Moss clip when he goes into Bill Belichick's office and he invites him to the Halloween party and then it's like the roller skating rink and he goes, you know, if you set up, you know, Matthew Judon karaoke and you were able to get him going, uh, my big question when you tell me you love karaoke is what's your go-to? What's the one that you're like, it's over after I perform this? Oh, shoot, any Adele song. Mine is What's Love by Fat Joe Ja Rule and Ashanti. That's my, I'll do, I'll do. And then, yeah, then you get to call up your Ashanti. Who wants to be Ashanti? Right. But a God damn. to do, God to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's love? Yeah, you got to hit a it little. It should be about man. us. It should be about trusting. Oh, you know, Not- you got issues. You got to understand that he really, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hey, so I'm t- hey, you can see. If you are, if you allow yourself to have enough fun, karaoke night is what. Like, it does, bro, you're gonna suck. All right. Yeah. This is exactly why you don't make millions of dollars. Just saying. I got to suck. do. I got to do a Ja Rule song in front of Ja Rule, and I didn't know it was happening. For real. So before the Super Bowl in Miami, so Kansas City, San Francisco. Uh, D Wade was having a karaoke party and me and him just got on a show together and me and Taylor Rooks did Ja Rule and J-Lo and we thought it was going to be in the cut. We thought it was like a lounge where there was going to be. I walk in, there's Venus Williams, there's CC Sabathia, there's like, all, like just st- like stars, stars. Yeah. yeah. And they go, and it was raining. And there I was, they were like, okay, so like the stage is getting ready. And I was like, stage, there's a thousand people outside Quavo walks by me. And I was like, what the fuck? We go up there. Gary V is judging. Tiana Taylor is judging. And I'm going after like Carrie champion. I was like, what's going on right now? And the, the lady comes up to me and she goes, you know, that Ja Rule is here. And I was like, oh, this is my dream. And so I go out there and I'm like, everybody, put your hands up. It's John Rule and J-Lo. And dude, I had the best time ever. John Rule DM'd me the next day and he's like, you fucking killed it. I was like, what is going on? But it was all because of karaoke. And, and there's a moment right before karaoke where you need to decide, am I going to be cool or am I going to give it my all? And if you give it your all, it's, it's always a fun night. You always got to give it your all. You yes. with you, uh, you know, a great song, the same, but you need like a girl to help you out. It's a, uh, it's Rihanna. Uh, damn, what the freak is that song? Uh, first thing that came was Umbrella, but no, it's Stay. Rihanna Stay. Okay, that's a great song because it's not, it's not many words. It's so not. Do you many like words. to host karaoke? Like, do you like to set it all up and and all that? 
I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm the host. I'm not setting nothing up, but I'm the host, and I get up there on the mic, and, and, and I'm starting it out. So you like ballads? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got you. So Adele State, like I was thinking more. Okay. I mean, uh, see, it depends the type of audience, though. So you can you can always yeah, you got to. I, I, you can you can always. I feel like karaoke. You got to have more like singing songs, but you can go like Drew Hill, Casey, JoJo. Oh yeah, like you can you can do some stuff in some you know. Or you this can. Is my this is my other one uh, that I my other karaoke song. You might not know it. If I'm in like West Virginia and I, they might not know Ja Rule, that's when I go Sister Hazel all for you. That's my, that's my white people karaoke song. You can, uh, you can do the uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga though. That's, that's true. I don't know if I can hit those pipes, but we're going to try. No, no, just do the Bradley Cooper jokes. Okay, so you, I think like a Boston karaoke night led by Matthew Judon, you know, as long as you get Cam there, it'll get attention because that dude is like a magnet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have, have to get on it. I'm gonna have to. Uh... Well, listen, if you need if you need someone help put it together, I'm available. I would love to. Uh, I'll fly in. I'll host it. We'll make it a real event. We'll co-host. Man, we'll have to do yeah. some duets. Yeah, I mean, I gotta pop up. I just gotta pop off the first song. Yeah. But then you know, it might be it might be a Bruno. I always go Bruno Mars the first song. Which but, which Bruno Mars song? Huh? Which one? All of them. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's Bruno Mars has to start it up. I've I've never given this take publicly, but I will give it now. There is one song that I believe is karaoke steroids, that it is unfair that whoever is performing, they don't even need to sing. It goes well. And when you choose it, I actually think less of you because I think you're taking a cop out. And it is this. Got to wait for it. See the reaction you're having right now? It's steroids. It's not real. Right. You don't need to sing. It hits and everybody looks at each other and goes, oh, great no. song. Hey, hey, right. It take you back to a time where you first time. Na, 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 na. Yeah, the whole. So I will say that it's a great song to. It's D Wade's karaoke song. That's what he goes. And I, I tell him all the time, I go, this is cheating. Yeah. Like no one's listening to you. But yeah. it's a good that, Yeah, because because you all you everybody know the words to it. Everybody know the words and they not listen to you. This is how we and you, all you, you can do is bob on beat and you're going right. You can you can put the mic out to the crowd. Yes. Nah, 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 nah. He's such an entertainer. No, it's cheating. Montel Jordan, this is how we do it, is cheating. And I just want yeah. to get that on the record. Damn, Calling uh, you out, Dwayne Wade. You're cheating. Uh, uh, throw some Afro man in there. Oh, because I got high. That's another. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, 
Karaoke, Boston karaoke night. Let's Boston do it. karaoke coming at you soon. Matthew Judon, proof to everybody out there that just because you have doubters, use it as fuel because one day they're going to be handing you multiple Pro Bowls, a big old contract, and the keys to the city. Beautiful. My man, great talking to you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. And I do want an invitation to the karaoke. That is not a joke. I, want I, mean, to- I mean, you're going to be co-host. So. Okay. I'm going to DM you on IG, so we'll talk it out. All right. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. All right. You too. Appreciate you. Uh, Another lovely interview with uh, now Patriot. Uh, He's rocking the nine. He thinks that Tom Brady is old, uh, but I love his story. And anytime that I can give out karaoke takes, I love it. So that was Matthew Judon for David Ingber. When you're picking a karaoke song, it's not about the song, it's about the era. You gotta read the room, figure out the ages, figure out the nostalgia, figure out what people are gonna hit with. That's what you gotta be thinking about. And also, don't play Pour Some Sugar on Me. Nobody likes it anymore. It's past its prime. It's moved on. Ja Rule, for Ja Rule, hey, thanks, Adam. You're welcome. Uh, For J-Lo, for Matthew Judon, for everybody making this possible. Love you, L-E-F-K-O-E. Be well, holla, holla.